glad today that you know about that blood. I'm going to be preaching about the blood of Jesus today. Two weeks ago I preached to you about the cross. Today I want to preach a little bit about the blood. Thank God for the blood. Just bear with me while I, I lay a little foundation this morning and then I believe there's so much power in the blood of Jesus Christ. You believe that today? There's power in the blood. If you don't know about that, it's because you've never been cleansed. If you ever discover what we know today about the blood of Jesus, I'm going to try to help you in the next little while. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Let's just call it today. I'll just name it right now. It's more than enough. I didn't have that when I came in here, but I think that's what I'll use today. It's more than enough. I didn't have a title. I don't have, have to have a title all the time. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just know what I need to say. I've heard fancy titles with no substance. I hope I got a little substance today and you can hang whatever on you want to on it. Amen. Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood. It is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Jesus, help us. Lay your hand upon us. Open the eyes of every individual in this room today. Let the blood of Calvary flow through this congregation this morning. Let miracles, signs, and wonders happen in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody clap your hands and give God praise before you're seated today. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. There's five quarts of blood normally in our bodies. I'm not a doctor. If I get stumbling around here, I'll ask some of these nurses and nurse practitioner, whoever i got to ask, they can correct me. It's pumped by the heart. It's circulated through the system that we have every 23 seconds normally. And of all the tissues of the body, muscle, nerves, fat, glands, bone, etc., the blood is the only mobile tissue. The blood supplies the body with nourishment and carries off the waste product and the ashes of cell activity. No man can ever die as long as his blood is pumping through his body. When the blood ceases to circulate, the body is dead. The blood of Christ. We are members, the scripture said, of his body. And, and the blood that he shed and his blood must flow through the body. I am very, very 
sure today that the blood is one of the most important things that we could talk about, sing about, preach about, whatever. Because that, without that, there is no life. But with blood, there is life. Jesus Christ talked about it in the New Testament. It was talked about in the Old Testament. There is a foundation that can be laid today. You see, we are members of the body of Christ, and His blood must flow through every one of us to make us alive. And no matter where you came from, what your pedigree is, what creed or what race or what color, we must all have the blood of Jesus Christ. Cover us and go through us. We are related. Let me give you a little scripture today. I said this a couple of weeks ago and some of you don't like it, but it's okay. You'll get over it. Look at your neighbor and say, get over it. We're all kin. I laugh at Brother Ronnie Culp, he and Brother Greg. Brother Greg is the one that brother brought Brother Ronnie to this church. And he said, Brother Ronnie was telling me the other day, they go out to eat and, and uh, they'll be eating at the restaurant or something and introduce them and say, this is my brother. Don't we look alike? Thank God for people like that. Here's what the Scripture said. Acts 17, 26, And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So get over it. We're here by the blood of Adam. Adam was a man, an earthly creature. Eve was made from the side of Adam. The blood, the blood of Adam flows through every generation. We are, by bloodline, all kin. Now, it may take many, many generations, but you'll find us somewhere together. If you go back far enough and you look hard enough, this is why. This is why all men are sinful and polluted. Because the blood of Adam, who sinned in the beginning, when Eve and Adam sinned, blood poisoning resulted. Because we know that the Lord said, the day you sin, you're going to die. And you can't die if your blood is pumping. The life of the flesh, the scripture said, is in the blood. That's why when you got a disease or a sickness, the first thing they do is do a blood test. They can tell what's wrong with you by your blood. Oh, there's a lot to preach about on this Sunday morning. Because you see, here's, here's the bottom line. Sin affected the blood of man. And it became corruptible blood. So we had to have incorruptible blood to redeem the corruptible blood of mankind. 
ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that when a baby is born, he don't get the blood from his fa- from his mother. He gets it from his father. That's why Mary was a virgin. And that's why the blood that came to Jesus Christ was incorruptible blood. It knew no sin. She was a virgin. And so she knew no man. And therefore, the only way she could get her blood to Jesus Christ or the blood that came to him was through the blood that was incorruptible because his father was God. That make any sense to anybody here? So we're dealing with incorruptible blood. The blood of a man is 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 corruptible but the blood of Christ is incorruptible the holy ghost overshadowed mary God overshadowed Mary. He is the father of Jesus. You know that. And so Jesus got incorruptible blood. And the scripture said that he knew no sin. And neither was guile found in his mouth. He didn't know anything about sinning. Because the, the corruptible blood wasn't in him. I just feel like preaching a little bit today. Let me read to you the Bible, that said the, the verse that said in 1 Peter 1 and 18, For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the presence precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The Bible tells us that the precious blood of Jesus was incorruptible blood. I've come to tell somebody it's more than enough. It'll save you from hell. It'll save you from your distractions. It'll save you from your sin. It will wash you up and clean you up. Nothing can wash away sin. But the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, let me say that again. Nothing can wash away sin. But the blood of Jesus Christ. The strongest detergent on the market won't hurt you. Or won't help you when it comes to sin. He can wash the filth off of your body. The greatest soap can wash your hair and wash your face and wash your feet. But nothing can cleanse your soul. But the incorruptible blood of Jesus Christ. It is more than enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the whole plan of redemption started at the beginning. I'm going to preach a little bit today. Y'all got to me early, so I'll just take all my time. Amen. The whole plan started from the beginning. When, when the sin occurred in the garden, let me tell you that an animal had to die for God to clothe Adam and Eve And the clothing of an animal. Something had to die. Something had to die to redeem them. Something had to die to redeem you. Through the Old Testament, go read the plan of the tabernacle. Go read what God gave Moses and, and, and those that were in leadership of the Old Testament. I got to read a little bit about it today. The sin of man. People would come. 
to the high priest. He would go in to the holy place. He would have to offer a sacrifice. It was bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer. It was, it was things that were, were seen and they would slaughter it and kill it. I want to tell you, some of you and, and me especially probably couldn't go to church in the Old Testament because we got too weak a stomach. Let me tell you, there was a lot of bloodshed in the Old Testament. The, the, the thing that had to go on in the tabernacle of the wilderness and God's plan was that that high priest would take that animal and slay it on the altar of sacrifice. The altar of sacrifice is the place of repentance. Amen. And then he'd have to go to the brazen labor, the place of baptism. And then he went to the holy holies, holy of holies, the place of salvation and and worship because that was God's plan. He never changed his plan. Here's what he said. Here's what the word of God said. Hebrews chapter 9. For if the blood of bulls and goats, verse 13, and, and of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The blood, the blood of Jesus is the perfect blood, the incorruptible blood, the powerful blood. He had to spill it at Calvary to save every one of us. That's why we sing the old song, Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood that washes white as snow. That's why we pick our songbooks up in years past and we'd sing this. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's power in the blood. Does anybody in this room today understand that without the blood that I'm preaching about today, there would be nobody in this room today. There would be no salvation today. We'd still be going to a priest. We'd still be having somebody else offer our sacrifice. But because of the blood of Jesus, I'm standing here this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, oh, oh. The blood is the only liquid tissue that can reach every cell of the body. Everybody say the body's the church. You know what the blood does? Let me just give you a little, little lesson. God will help me out if I'm wrong. Red blood cells. They carry oxygen to every cell. And they also pick up the cell garbage and they carry it out of the body. Every 23 seconds, it's making a trip through your body. This is what the blood of Jesus does for the child of God. Because it brings life and it takes away garbage. Are you listening? I said it breathes life and it takes away the garbage. 
It'll cleanse you. You know what the Old Testament said? Though your sins be as scarlet, they can become as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they can become as wool. Wool is white. You know why? Because the blood will take the garbage out of you. It'll take the filth out of you. That's what the red blood cells does in our body. To this very moment. Here's what the white blood cells do. Let me preach a little bit today. They are the standing army of our system. They can increase very rapidly in case of an emergency. They rush to any place of infection in the body. And they begin to fight the infection. Am I okay, Donna? Okay, good. I just like to check with you every once in a while. Many of those die in the battle. But they are our built-in protection. It's in your blood. That is what the blood of Jesus does for a spiritual man. In Revelations 12 11, the Bible said, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. I want the blood to flow through this church. I want the blood to flow through every soul. I want the blood to get the garbage out. But I also know the blood can stand up and protect me and fight for me because there's power in the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It causes immunity to sin. I said it causes immunity to sin. The blood also has antibodies and antitoxin, antitoxins to prevent infection. While the white cells fight the infection when it occurs, the antibodies prevent the infection from getting a foothold. Isn't that just wonderful? This is why there's so many diseases that after you've had them once, you will never get them again. Deliverance where it never comes back. I'm talking about chain breaking where you'll never have to worry about it again as long as you cover it with the blood. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, listen to me. That's why every once in a while, oh, some of you going to think I'm crazy today. All you new folks, I'm not crazy. I'm just fired up today. But let me tell you, every once in a while, I go through my house. I don't have anything in my hand. I don't have any vials of blood in my pocket. But I lay my hands on my doors. And I say, God, I cleanse this place with blood. I cover this place with blood. I plead the blood. I want the blood to be over my house. I want the blood to be over my car. I want the blood to be over my life. It'll fight out infections. It'll stand up like an army. It won't let the devil mess you around. If you don't do that, you need to start. You need to try it. Because let me tell you, he'll bring healing to you through the blood. He'll be victim to you through the blood. I don't care where you live or what's going on in your house. I'm going to tell you, you always need to plead the blood. Plead the blood over your kids. Plead the blood over your family. Plead the blood over everything you own. Plead the blood over it. Because there's power in the blood. (laughs) 
tell you a story. When, when Israel was in Egyptian bondage and God was getting ready to deliver them, you go read about it in the book of Exodus about chapter 12 where God spoke to Moses and he said, you go, you tell them all to go get a lamb and put the lamb outside their, outside their door for four days. Let me give you a little Bible lesson. This was symbolic of what's going to happen in the church. The New Testament church. He said, you go get a lamb without spot, a firstling of the flock. You take it and you tie it in your yard for four days. Watch me now. Hosea said, I believe it was Hosea said, to God, a thousand years is as a day. Four days of God's time would be 4,000 years. And from creation to Calvary, it was 4,000 years. Huh? So he said, take that and tie it in your yard. And, and then you, you kill the lamb. He said, I want you to slaughter the lamb. And I want you to eat of the lamb. This is my body, which is broken for you. That's New Testament stuff. You've got to eat the lamb. Not only did he say that, he said, he said, when you have eaten, if the household be too little for the lamb. In other words, if you've got some left over, you go share it with your neighbor. You shall be witnesses unto me in Judea and in Jerusalem and unto the other Samaria and to the other parts, uttermost parts of the earth. So if the household is too little for the lamb, you take the lamb and help it, help somebody else. He said to them, this eating of the lamb is going to give you strength for your journey. That's why we do communion in this church. Because every once in a while, we have to partake of his body and his blood to have strength for the journey. It's not a damnation thing. It's something that ought to give the church power and strength. He said, as often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. But you're eating my body and you're drinking my blood. Man, I feel preach all over me today. Y'all need to send me on a deer hunt. I think I'll leave again Thursday. Hey, listen. It didn't stop there. He said, when you've done all this, here's what I want you to do. By God, this fires me up. He said, I want you to take the blood of that lamb. And I want you to go to your house. And I want you to put it on your doorpost. That's on the sides. I want you to put it up above your door. He said, I don't want you to put one drop on the flesh. flesh it's not to be walked on. It's on the side of your door. And it's above your door. And he said, when the death angel that I am going to send to Egypt, when he passes over you, if there's blood on your house, there's not going to be any death in your house. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Hallelujah. That's why the Jews still celebrate the feast of the Passover. You know what I'm preaching today? I'm so glad I don't have to die because I got the blood applied to my life. There's blood on my doorpost. There's blood above my door. And the blood is powerful.
Hallelujah. See, here's what happens. You say, well, how do you do all that? Now, listen to me close. The blood is applied, and it has to be applied at some point of salvation to our lives. The blood is applied. In my opinion, there's a lot of argument, but in my opinion, the blood is applied in baptism. That's when the blood is applied. The scripture said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Isn't that what he said? Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So, when Peter stood up and, and on the day of Pentecost and said, they said, what do we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for what? For the remission of your sin. You get the blood applied when you go down in water. Now let me tell you, it's not a one-time occasion, but that is the, the first application of the blood in your life. Because at that point, God has forgiven you. But remission and forgiveness are different. God has forgiven you when you pray a prayer of repentance. But for your sins to be remitted or washed away, you need to go down in the water in baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what I've come to tell you on this Sunday morning, that once you've been buried in the blood, you have become a child of God. Thank God that every time we make a mistake, we don't have to go back and let a preacher baptize us again. But the blood can be applied through your prayer. The blood can be applied through your consequences. The blood can be uh, applied through your repentance. Uh, I'm just telling you today, you have the power of the blood in your life when you go down and have your sins remitted and washed in blood. Does that make sense to anybody today? Man. So, how powerful is the blood? Here's how powerful it is. When the angel came by, when he came by, everybody that had blood didn't have death. But for those that didn't have blood, death came to their house. There was a cry in Egypt. The firstborn of man and beast died because there was no blood. When I see the blood, God said, when I see the blood... I will pass over you. I will pass over. Everybody say Passover. That's why the Jews, they, they have that celebration to this very day. The feast of the Passover. The only way they got out of Egypt saved was to put the blood on their door. So I've come to preach to you on a Sunday morning. First is the blood. There has to be a, a, a lamb slain. There has to be bloodshed. We had a lamb that was slain almost 2,000 years ago on a place called Calvary. His blood spilled out to the earth. His blood spilled out for you and for me. It was the application. You say, well, I, you know, since Christ, this is what we hear. Let me, let me just, oh, I got plenty of time. Let me just say this to you. There's a, there's a lot of false doctrine out there. And there's a doctrine that says, since Christ died for all, all men are saved. Not true. 
He did die for all. He died for everybody. But you have to apply the blood. You have to do the, the application in your life. That's why he said to those at Pentecost, save yourselves. I can't save you. If I could save you, I'd come save you today. But you've got to save yourself. How do you do that? You apply the blood to your life. And the blood washes away your sin. There's no power in that water, but there's power in the blood. Hallelujah. It's symbolic of what Jesus did for us. And so, so what I'm preaching to you on this Sunday morning is that if you've never applied the blood, do it. But if you, if you have applied the blood and you've struggled with issues, you've forgotten the power that's in the blood. Let me, let me just preach a little bit more to you. The application of the blood was always in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Preventive. And it, it was it was preemptive of cleansing and sanctification in that Old Testament especially. The altar was made holy only after a seven day application of blood. Exodus chapter 29. All the vessels of the tabernacle were made holy by the sprinkling of blood. The priests themselves were counted worthy for service to God only after the application of blood on their garment Leviticus chapter 8 and not only upon his garment but blood was applied on the tip of his ear and on the thumb of the hand and on the toe of the foot it's obvious ladies and gentlemen that the shed blood to be effective has to be applied did you hear what I just said if all those things in the Old Testament had to have blood applied, then you've got to have blood applied. And I can't apply it to you, and you can't apply it to me, but you can apply it to yourself, and I can apply it to myself. That's why I read Hebrews chapter, chapter 9, that whole chapter is talking about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Many years ago, in the beginning of the century, there was a man by the name of G.T. Haywood. A powerful, powerful apostolic preacher. There was a lot of a lot of things happening in his day. A lot of changes being made. He wasn't sure just what to do. People were going one direction and another. G. T. Haywood, go read the story. Go read his go read his history. He was an old black preacher that was a powerful, powerful man of God. He walked into a room and shut the door. And he wouldn't come out. His wife brought trays of food daily to his door. But he locked himself in with God. He just locked himself away. He had to have an encounter with Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, seven days later, G.T. Haywood walked out of that room. Walked to his pulpit. And this is what he did. On Calvary's hill of sorrow where sin's demands were paid and rays of hope for tomorrow across our path were laid and then he said I see a crimson stream of blood. You remember that old song? And it flows 
But listen to this one. When gloom and sadness whispers, you send no use to pray. Here's what he said. I look away to Jesus and he tells me what to say. Help me now. I see a crimson stream of blood, and it flows from Calvary, and its waves, which reach the throne of God. Oh, yes. They're sweeping, they're sweeping Stand with me all over this house this morning. The blood is enough today. You heard the worship team singing before I stepped to this pulpit. It's more than enough today. You may in this room be one of those that this song talked about. When gloom and sadness whisper, you've sinned, no use to pray. The writer said, I just look away to Jesus. You know why I see a crimson stream? I confess to you on this Sunday morning, I would not stand in this pulpit today if it were not for the powerful, wonderful, glorious, incorruptible, precious blood of Jesus Christ. His mercies are new every morning, but His blood is is good every day, every day. I don't care where you've been today. I want you to listen to me right now. When Jesus Christ walked up Calvary's hill, the soldiers put a sword in His side when He hung up on the cross. You know what came from there? Blood. Blood and water. Blood and water. You know what dripped from his hands when they put the same thing that would drip through from your hands? When they put nails through his hands, blood. You know what dripped from his feet? Blood. You know what ran down his back and down his legs? Blood. You know what ran down through his eyes and his hair, through his beard and to the ground? Blood. You know why? It was a bloody mess. It was a bloody mess. It wasn't pretty to look upon. Never has been pretty to look upon. But let me tell you, every drop that fell to the ground was for my sin. It was for my transgression. It was because He knew that I had to have a sacrifice. I had to make an application of the blood somewhere. That we were in trouble 
our, our, whole, our whole race, human race, was in trouble. Nobody could justify himself. Nobody could sanctify himself. Nobody could help himself. That's why the old song said, I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's Son, took my place. And that blood that He shed was to wash everything in my life. If you're, if you're today without hope, you have hope. If you're today tired of living the way you've been living, you don't have to anymore. You're here today going with the struggles of life and trying to figure out what turn to make tomorrow. Let me point you to the blood that is powerful. It's more than enough. It will heal you. It will save you. It will restore you. It will bless you. It will keep you. It will fight in your defense. The blood. Is there anybody here that believes in the power of the blood this morning? The power of the blood this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While they sing this morning unashamedly. Let me tell you something. Listen to me right now. I don't know why I'm going to say all this, but I am. I see people that say, you know, if I go down there, that people will think something's wrong. Something is wrong with every one of us. I got it here. I keep it here. That's my philosophy. This is where I found it. This is where I keep it. I'm not ashamed today to go to an altar. Jesus went to the cross unashamedly for you before the whole world of his day. I wonder who in this building would just say, I need the blood to cover me this morning. I need Jesus' blood to cover me this morning and meet me at this altar this morning. I see a crimson stream flowing through this building today. I see, I see, I see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.